Before we get too far into this podcast, thank you to the folks at Racetech. Pulp 22 is the code to save. Well, it's going to be Pulp 23 real soon. Tell them you listen to Pulp MX Show. Tell them you listen to Steve Mathis. They'll give you a discount. Racetech.com, privateer proven. They've been in the game for a long, long time, and they can make your bike work better. Get your suspension oil changed. Get the right spring rate for your weight and or speed. And uh, Racetech can help you out. And also, they'll sign an NDA. And they'll do your motor work for you. Uh, they have a lot of CNC machines and uh, certainly on the cutting edge of what's working in our sport, both suspension and motors, race tech. Thanks to the folks at All Balls Racing, whether it's hot cams, whether it's hot rods, whether it's Vertex Pistons, allballsracing.com has got everything you need for your bike. Great prices as well. Go there. Go order, it through, order it through Motorsport. The, the quality of the parts are fantastic. I've used it in all of my vintage builds and uh, along with my own bike. So please check out allballsracing.com and be much more satisfied with some of the pricing and product that you can get from those guys. All right. On to the show. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continuing gracious support of our sponsors, we're thriving at over 1,800 podcasts delivered with over 20 million downloads. Click the Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original moto podcast featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's the voice bringing it all to you, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to another Fly Racing Race Rex podcast. It's 2023. Thank you for your support over the years. We've been doing podcasts since 2008. So there's a whole Steve Mathis archive to search if you're just getting into these shows and just finding out about the Pulp MX show or the Steve Mathis show or anything else. Thank you for listening over the years and onward and upward, right? That's what we're going to do. So thanks for listening. All right, this one is with Clinton Fowler, a stat guru from Feld Motorsports and also from Pulp MX. I've had Clinton... Uh, I've had Clinton do stuff for Pulp MX for three or four years now. Super smart guy, and there's some milestones approaching in this sport in 2023, and we break those down and discuss them and talk about them and everything else. So thanks for listening. Fly Racing as well. They've been on board with us for a long time, and whether it's motorsport.com or your local dealer, go check out the latest and greatest from Fly Racing. Love the Formula Helmets. All their lines of gear have different designs and colors that will suit you. they got off-road things. they got boots. they got uh, goggles as well. Flyracing.com. They've really come on the last few years, and they've got designs and styles to fit everybody, man. they got some of the BOA stuff. The light stuff has BOA on the back. The Evo has BOA on the front, and uh, stuff fits really well. Suits, suits uh, everybody pretty much uh, uh, no matter what size you are. And flyracing.com, man. Those guys got it going on. Thank you to those guys. Of course, they support the uh, uh, Rockstar Energy Husqvarna guys, RJ Hampshire and uh, Jaleek Swole. They got Joey Savacci. They got Shane McElrath. They got a lot of stuff going on at uh, Fly Racing, and thank you to those guys for coming on board the podcast. We've got Cobalinks and, and Motorsport.com. We'll talk about more later on with Clinton here. Renthal, made over in the UK. Super informative website, Renthal.com. Uh, get your sprocket size. Get the right handlebar bend you want. You can match it up against another another competitor's bend if you want. There's a dealer locator uh, on the site as well. Look, uh, Red Bull KTM, Honda, and Kawasaki have been using Renthal for years, and you know that they're going to use some of the best stuff out there. So more championships and all the other brands combined, that's the guys at Renthal. They came out with uh, innovators like the gray grip and the uh, self-cleaning groove on the rear sprockets, right? They got chains. They got front sprockets. They got bars. All that stuff, Renthal.com. Thank you to those guys, and uh, I trust you've used some of the Renthal product in the past, and uh, you've had a good experience with it because I know I have. Maxis as well. Jeremy McGrath developed that MXSTs that Kay Clayson and A-Ray put in the main events last season. A-Ray's back on Maxis for 2023. Big supporter of his program. And uh, thanks to Chris and all the guys down at Maxis. Mountain bike tires, light truck tires, trailer tires, and more. So support the sport. Support these shows. Think about Maxis for your next tires. UTV tires, too. They crush it in that. So if you're a UTV guy, they got it. 
So thank you to those companies for supporting this podcast over the years. And again, thanks to you people for listening. Here's Clinton Fowler and I talking about uh, some stats that we find interesting that could or could not happen uh, coming up this year. All right, on to the show. And now I'm uh, stoked to welcome on the Fly Racing Race for X podcast on the eve of uh, the 2023 Supercross season some interesting stacks, stats, facts, and more, uh, some bench racing as well. Um, yeah, I thought we'd get into this a little bit more with, with the Supercross season approaching. So with me on the line, uh, Statman Guru, three laps down on uh, social media. You've seen him probably if you have anything to do with Pulp over the years. Clinton Fowler, what's up, man? How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty well, Steve. I'm paying the price of a wonderful New Year's Eve the night before, but overall, I'm doing pretty good. Good, man. That's awesome. Uh, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Uh, I love the stats that you provide. Uh, you've written for Pulp for a number of years. Supercross guys picked you up for some help. Uh, and did did you did you tell me you were going to be some on camera guy this year? Maybe. I am. I am. Look it's, at you. It's been, wow. I know. Getting up there. No, it's been mostly behind the scenes stuff. You sit yep. in the booth. And- support Diffie and Carmichael but uh <clears throat> the midweek show the SMX Insider I'm doing a a Fowler's Facts segment um yeah and trying to trying to surface some interesting stats and you know get uh get the stats side of the sport uh leaning into it more nice yeah we, we badly need it I mean that's where you and I first met just on social media where you would you know hit me up with some stats and Things like that, and I've always, always uh, uh, known we needed more stat packages in our sport. You've done a hell of a job because there is a Racer X Vault, and 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 props to uh, Davey and everybody for doing that. But we need to go deeper and, and way more comprehensive. And you've tried to do that, and um, so yeah, nice work, man, on all of the stuff you've done on your site um, that is not available to the public yet, or will be, or where are we at with that, Fowler? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. getting there. I'm- <laughs> I'm getting there. It's a lot of work, Steve. You oh, know? Like, it is. I mean, th- to your point, like the vault was always the has always been a, a wonderful resource, and mm-hmm. um, and obviously as a stats guy, I look at the vault and I'm like, man, there's just so much we can build on top of it. And you look at some of the other sports like baseball and hockey, and we both love hockey, so hockey, I you know follow a lot of the stats folks there, and there's just so much more depth. Mm-hmm. And so I've mostly got the full history and really a modern, you know tech all the tech stuff into it but i need to build a site i gotta get on it steve i gotta put it all together get it up (laughs) i need to get up thanks for thanks for writing for pulp mx all these years you've done a great job on that informative columns and everything so uh i'm stoked everything you've brought to the sport and if you can make this site work even better um we need to keep track better track of these things like again like the ama site it's literally never been changed for 20 years. It is so badly done, so poorly constructed. It it we need so much more stats and I think the I think the Feld guys hiring you and leaning into it a little bit more is an acknowledgement <clears throat> that the AMA who is the timing and scoring people of record have not done enough in our sport to keep track of stats or cared enough at all. And I think Feld has finally had it and that's part of your initiative over there. And and I agree with all of it. Like, just for an example, like the triple crowns, we the, the, these should count as something. <clears throat> you beat the twenty one other riders on the on the on the line, and yes, they're shortened races. They they shouldn't count like a main event by any means, but there should be a stat column for this. We should be keeping track of this on the AMA sheets at the end of a night when we see. You know, triple crown. And there's just, it's like you just there's no acknowledgement that somebody won a triple crown. Just a joke. Uh, second part. Uh, yeah. Position on the first lap out of the first turn. I've I've been bugging you for years on this. <laughs> we have the technology. The timing loop is there. If you watch the TV broadcast, you can see that Cooper Webb was seventh at the very first timing uh, loop, and then goes on to get first, passes six guys. But he actually doesn't pass six guys because the AMA sheets just say he was in third after the lap one. Never mind that he was actually in seventh out of the first turn. And so we just have a stat that says Cooper Webb passed two guys for the win. But no, he he passed six guys. This is so easy and needs to be kept track of. It's unbelievable. (laughs) 
So, Steve, to the to your first point, I'm going to get to that rant because I'm with you. I'm 100% with you, and I think there's good news coming for you. But to the, to the first piece you called out, I, Feld is making the investment. They um, are. Yep, yep. Yeah. I mean, guys like Ken Littleson over there on the broadcast side, Bundo's now in full-time. <clears throat> Stats are definitely in just measurement is, is a priority. So, um, uh, And, I, I, you know, as much as I'll complain – about the AMA stuff with you. Um, I do have an appreciation for, you know, you throw in the triple crown format, then you got to change the tech to try to track something. It gets hard. It still doesn't give it acceptance for, you know, 20 years of the same thing. No, no, um, exactly. Like that, it shouldn't be Feld's job because we also have MX sports to keep track of these stats. It needs to be the timing and scoring people. Um, And and they're, they're sadly dropping the ball. Um, I've been on Mike Pelletier at the AMA for, a while. I'm like, dude, first of all, your photos are all, you know, uh, from 10 years ago, uh, the photos of the riders on the site, and then your timing and scoring is just so beyond what it needs to be fixed. Yeah, it's brutal. But well, I do think I, – I don't think I have the liberty to share the news, but I do think we're going to see some updates on the timing side where um, uh, <clears throat> there's some investment being made there, Steve. Right. Which will be well, which will be. Five years too late, Clinton, but hey, better late than never. <laughs> better late than never for sure because, exactly. you know, this is the stuff that helps fans understand the sport. And, you know, more than ever with advanced stats, whether it's baseball and, and war um, or hockey with expected goals or yeah. uh, uh, basketball has stuff too, uh, positive and negative on time on the floor, um, you know, we're as a society, we're getting more nerdy, more into numbers, more analytical. And you could catch some fans' interest by – Simply keeping track of better stats, you know, because there's a segment of people that that's what they want out of a sport. You know, um, it just it boggles my mind. But yeah. So anyway. Yeah, it really is. It's like <clears throat> I just look at it as everybody has their own form of bench racing. Right. Mm. Um, and stats to me is the place where you can just you can tell stories. You can start you can kickstart that bench racing and get into the heated arguments with your best friends. And and you can pick your sides. And I don't know. The stats for me just mm-hmm. is. Uh, a great way to do that and, and tell stories and have fun and, and live the sport we love, even though we might not be able to be out there on the track. Yeah, and and, and uh, also funny stuff for you. Like, obviously, a lot of your numbers, your stats are from Cycle News. We have the, all the archives, and you've scraped them all and pulled the data out. And and then, like, you and I have oh, – we probably have half a dozen incidents over the last couple of years where Cycle News says one thing, the vault says another <clears> – <throat> AMA sheets say another, or a race is, you know, oh, the, I mean, there is, I mean, as much as we love to do this, there's some races, Clinton, that will just, they're, uh, they're forever lost in, in, for what people did. They're just forever lost. We don't it's, know. <laughs> it's brutal. I, yeah, I mean, it legitimately took full time, probably 18 months to get everything scraped and put into a format that was usable. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and there's still races. Yeah, the number of times I end up like having to reread a cycle news article from, you know, 1987 or mm-hmm. or go watch a watch a race <laughs> a lot of the 90s and there's been a handful of motos in the 90s I've had to go watch the race to figure out the finish positions and the number of laps led and I don't know, there's just mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, it's an adventure. It's a yeah. it's a wild, wild west. That's for sure. Absolutely. Thanks to the folks <laughs> at Fly Racing, by the way, for uh, making this podcast happen. Of course, whether it's uh, Brayton or Osborne, a couple of retired guys still racing and wearing Fly, or whether it's R.J. Hampshire, Joey Savachi, McElrath, the current guys wearing Fly. FlyRacing.com for more information on the website. Renthal, Maxis, Motorsport.com, Cobalinks, all on board with this podcast as well. So, Clinton, as we go into twenty, the reason for this pod, there as we go into twenty twenty three. There's some things to watch for. There's some things to look ahead to that I find pretty fascinating when it comes to the stats in our sport. Um, And again, like just some things I thought we could bench race about. Like, for example, Eli Tomac, most likely his last season uh, in the the sport, uh, two championships. He's third all time. In Supercross wins, he's or sorry, fourth all time in Supercross wins. He is uh, tied with Chad with 44. Probably will break that. Uh, Carmichael's next, then Stu, right? Or is it Stu and Carmichael? Or is it Carmichael? Then no. St- Carmichael, then Stu. Yeah. Yeah, Carmichael third, <laughs> Stu second. He could pass into second uh, with a good season. 
And yeah, that's interesting to me because we, 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 we hashed this out on Twitter like a week ago or so. Like he doesn't feel like he yeah. belongs in that category to me. He doesn't feel like that. And, and is it because, you know, as time goes on, the legacy of Carmichael and Stu build on and we remember, you know, it, it's the old, um, you know, the, he was six inches taller and, and 20 pounds heavier and stronger than we ever remember. I don't know. Like, it's interesting, though. Uh, yeah, he could end up. He could end up very easily. He could end up second all time in Supercross wins. Isn't that crazy? Like, yes, yes. Under we could be talking about if if he gets last year he had seven wins. If he gets another seven wins this year, he is the second most winningest rider behind Jeremy McGrath in Supercross. Yeah, yeah, and and I can't I can't deal with <clears throat> that a little bit. And no insult to Eli Tomac and his fans, but numbers are numbers, man. Yeah, you know, uh, if if he finishes with fifty, like if he does what he did last year, he finishes with mm-hmm. fifty-one wins. Only McGrath will have one more, and I just I look at that, and you know, I'll, I'll zoom out a little bit, and you look at the number of all-time riders that are actually kind of in the twilight of their careers that we're watching right now. Eli, obviously, at the top of that heap. Um, but then you've got Roxon, Webb, Anderson, Muskan, and Barsha. They're all top twenty-five, top fifty when you look at these all-time lists. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. We're watching them, and to your point, when they're gone, we'll probably speak about them a little bit differently. But right now, we get the pleasure of watching a bunch of these all-time guys. It's a pretty unique time period. So here's where I'm going to contradict myself a little bit, and, and I and, and and I don't even care if 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 you know this doesn't make sense. I don't care. He's got two titles. Maybe he gets three. Carmichael has five. Championships matter. Except, Clinton, Stu only has two. Reed. Reed has two. But, okay, so I put in my heart of hearts Supercross, McGrath's the best ever, Stu's second best, and maybe and Stu peaks Stu faster than peak McGrath. And then I look at the things that Stu uh, innovated and how he was must-see on the track. And I don't <clears> feel <throat> that. And then I look at Carmichael's five championships, right? <laughs> so yep. those guys all have their own reason to sort of sit up among the greats. Eli, yeah. let's give him three titles. Let's say he – because if he wins seven, he probably wins a third. Uh, now he's second all-time with three titles. Clinton, I still don't put him – with those guys i'm struggling with that man i'm struggling yeah it's hard to do you know as you were talking about you know like obviously mcgrath Stu, carmichael those guys uniquely um made a stamp on the sport in a way that maybe nobody else did right um but think about tomac and i want to say it was the anaheim two race in maybe 18 or 19 when he was in 10th place and in the span of like seven laps, went from 10th to 1st and won. Um, and I, I look at somebody like Tomac, and we maybe we just don't think about it as much, but think about all of those absolutely insane rides where he just was in beast mode. Um, and I think maybe when he's gone, maybe we'll we'll look back at it and we'll, we'll remember those rides a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he also, um, and again, no slide on Eli, he doesn't, carry himself like those guys did right he's a he he's he's got a chip you know he's a good guy but he doesn't have that sort of air of i don't know unbeatableness that those guys had at times um you know i i I mean you got i think if he has two or three titles and if he ends up six or seven wins ahead of chad he's 100 percent better than chad reed Legacy wise, but I struggle with the uh, with the beating. You know, I struggle with putting them in my mind ahead of Ricky James and McGrath. But damn it, Clinton, you might have to. Dude. Yeah, yeah, we're getting to that point where we might have. I mean, <clears throat> you just go down the list, right? Like he's fourth in the Supercross wins, fifth in Supercross podiums. Ponder this: he's going to pass Carmichael for Supercross. Well, I'm assuming he'll pass Carmichael for for podiums this year. He's got 84. Carmichael's got 87. Right? Like, 
the only people that will be ahead will be Reed, McGrath, and Dungey in podiums. So he's getting – he's just there, right? Points, he's fifth overall in Supercross points. He's, he's not likely to catch Wyndham, uh, <clears throat> not this year. Um, and he's 11th in starts. So I don't know. It's – he's solidified himself in that conversation at a minimum, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, in the, he's in the mix. He, so Carmichael – Two years ago. Carmichael got uh, 07 to 99, eight seasons, five championships, right? Uh, um, yeah, amazing. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And then Tomac, at the end of this year, he'll be at nine seasons, correct? Yep. <clears throat> if you count his lost one. Um, yep, yep. Nine seasons. And maybe so a little more seasons than Carmichael to rack up, one more season to Carmichael to rack up that podium count, which in my eyes one more season is is this is not um, you know that's not a huge deal um, you know like you look at like Larry it- like Larry Ward's and Larry Ward's stats are an accounting stat very good rider for a very long time long time yeah yep. so when you say oh <clears throat> Larry Ward's you know sixth all time in Supercross points. Tip of the hat to him. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not. That's apples to oranges. Larry Ward raced for you know 15 years, and Carmichael raced for eight. So I'm. That's a big enough difference yeah. for me where I'm now discounting that. Uh, but yep. this will be close. Nine seasons to eight seasons, and more, yeah. more wins, and more podiums, most likely. Yeah, I mean they're <clears throat> they're definitely in the same ballpark, right? But I mean, Carmichael. The reality is once you throw it all together, obviously you get his pro motocross stats. It's incredible. It's like off the charts. You look at the – you had, I think, started out to talk about the – you look at it in combined motocross and supercross results, and you've got Carmichael with 124 wins. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, that is just insane. And then um, after Carmichael, you've got McGrath um, that sits with, I believe, 87, if I'm remembering off the top. I think so. Yeah, right around there. Yeah. And then you got Tomac. So, I don't know. Maybe that's where you look at it and you're like, you know, it's hard to see him above McGrath or Carmichael. Um, But the reality is when you combine motocross and supercross, he's right there just behind him. This this is where it got me in trouble with Carmichael. One of the things that got me in trouble with Ricky back in the day is I don't like the GOAT nickname, right? uh, Because to me, supercross and motocross are different disciplines. It's a 100-meter race. Versus an 800-meter race, right? Like, it's it's that different. Yes, it's running, but that is a specialized length of time in track and field. This is two different specialties, right? Two motos, 100-degree weather, 20, 20 laps forever under the lights, right? Yes. So, so, yes, I combine them all. And, again, this is great bench racing, by the way, people. You could yeah, have a different yeah. opinion than I did, and I, and I respect anybody with a different opinion. But to me, if you're going to be the GOAT, you got to have the most Supercross wins. I don't want to rehash that because Carmichael and I are good right now, so I don't want to rehash <laughs> this. But So to me, I look at it as a different discipline, Supercross, and then there's Motocross. We can add them together, and that's awesome, uh, and that, that's another number for us to look at. But to me, Supercross is such a specialty and so different than Motocross that I count the two sports differently stat-wise, you know? You know, so – I think I'm mostly there with you. I agree with you. Like from a discipline perspective, clearly they're they're completely separate. Just look at somebody like Cooper Webb. He's got 19 wins, or yeah, 19 wins in Supercross. He's got one outdoor win, mm-hmm. right? Like big bike, very, premier, premier, premier class. Yeah, premier yeah. class. Yeah. Obviously, he had the title on the on the small bike, but like it's very clear that racing in both of these things is very very different. But I do think we're we're beginning a new era. We're starting Super Motocross. And I think we're gonna you're gonna see a lot of storytelling where we bring both of these things together, which will only create more bench racing, right? Um, in this dialogue, the dialogue between a stadium track and an outdoor track, um, it's just gonna be a challenge. Like it's gonna be an interesting challenge, and those SMX races at the end of the year kind of bring it together. 
So I don't know. I think it's. I think it just makes for great dialogue. I think the SMX races, in my mind, need to be counted like a triple crown, a separate category, a separate. Now we'll see how these tracks look, right? We don't. We haven't yeah. seen one yet. We don't. We don't. We know the general idea is a mix of Supercross and Motocross. I'm skeptical that that actually works. We've seen it at the Monster <clears> Cup. <throat> produces kind of boring racing. Still produces predictable stuff. So we'll wait and see on that. But I'm. I'm not. Yeah, we're almost going to need, if this SMX thing sticks around, and hopefully you'll be around, Clinton, we need a fourth category of SMX wins um, because I think that that'll be another stat, another discipline type of thing for sure. And while we're at it, though, Clinton, while we're at it, though, I'm not so sure that Cooper, any 250 motocross wins, you know, shouldn't be counted in a guy's record of all-time motocross wins. Because it's not a it's not a regional class, right? It's a national class, and you were you're old enough, just like I am, where yep. Johnny O, Mark Barnett, you know, Eric Kehoe, the premier guys, raced 125s just because they preferred it or the factories put them there. You know, um, yeah. it doesn't so much work like that anymore. But we shouldn't discount the past, and we shouldn't discount 500 motocross wins either. You know, um, yeah. So, I. I I, I, that's a discussion for another day for sure, but uh, I, I could yeah. see counting all the motocross wins as one. Like Cooper Webb has one 450 win, but he's got, you know, six, say, 251s, whatever. He's somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I will say, definitely a discussion for a later day, but I will say, Steve, we're going to take um, <clears throat> this year, you're going to see those 500 wins uh, from 86 to 92 when they used to split the seasons between 250s and 500s. We're going to take those 500 wins and mm-hmm. now consider those part of the Premier class wins. Yeah, absolutely. So, Without a doubt. Think, they should be. Yep. We're going to do it. Yeah. No, they should be. And uh, I know Brock will get upset about the earlier <laughs> wins not counting, but those need to be counted for, as wins, but as a 500 class win for sure. Um, yep. But yep. yes, when everybody's racing 500s, that's Premier class, you know? Because yep. there's six of that and six on the other. Um, <laughs> Tomac, 11th in supercross starts. And I don't know if you have it in front of you, but where does – add 17 to that. Where does he end up at the end of the – at the end? Um, yeah, you know what? I do have some notes here. Hold on one second. Oh, you know what? You send it to me. So with 17, uh, <clears throat> he'll end up 160 uh, – I'm trying to add myself here. Uh, he'll have 163, so he'll be behind Voss. For yep. He'll be ninth all-time ahead of Jeff Ward. Yep. Uh, and again, Heath Boss, who knew? Eighth all-time in, in main event starts. Um, and, uh, you always see these names. You go through some of the lists, especially stuff like starts and points. Yeah. It goes back to the to, to the previous conversation. You got a guy like Larry Ward in there, at, you know, tied with Brayton at 190 Supercross starts. So <clears throat> you get those guys in there. But, yeah, yeah. he's – it looks like Tomac's going to break into the top 10 and starts this year uh, just behind Boss. Yep. yep, and he might have moved up a little higher, but he only raced, you know, that one year. He raced one race before he missed an injury, missed all the Supercross. So, um, but, yeah, Nick Way, fourth all-time. That's another number that you'd be like, oh, look at that, Nick Way. Um, but, yeah, absolutely, Clinton. Uh, Eli, Eli needs to be thought of. He's not there for me, but he needs to be thought of and discussed as being on a, any kind of Mount Rushmore. If this season goes, you know, well for him. Yeah, I mean, I think he's already there, and I think the the it's amazing to ponder if we were having this conversation before the um, uh, twenty twenty season mm-hmm. when he didn't have a Supercross win, right? Just yep. think about how quickly it's turned, um, and now we're talking about him. Is you kind of have to have him on Mount Rushmore, so um, it's pretty awesome. I think it's just great that we get to we get at least one more season. Um, and, and I don't know, maybe he'll change his mind. That would be a dream yeah. state. Yeah. doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. Four outdoor titles. I mean, that puts him, you know, uh, in the pantheon of outdoor stuff. And, and then you add this Supercross stuff. And, dude, pretty crazy career for him. And if it's possible to do it quietly, he's done it quietly, if that's yep. possible. <clears throat> um, you know, but championships count. So, Carmichael's five. You could sit here and be like, look, Carmichael's got five. I don't care that Eli's got a few more wins than him and a and a few more podiums. He's got him by two titles at least, maybe three. And I and I could I could understand that. I could get that. Because the ultimate goal is championship, right? So Yeah, I mean championships. You can't. In Supercross, you can until somebody gets even close to McGrath and Carmichael. Yeah. Obviously those guys are 
<clears throat> or above them, regardless of what the win numbers yeah. may say. Yep. Like, yep. At the end of the day, that's the bonus they all want. That's the prestige we're all going to remember is those titles. When we talk about Tomac, mm -hmm. we're going to talk about the two titles. If you want a third one this year, we'll talk about that third one. Um, but can you imagine if, you know, in 17 and 18, if he hadn't had those Eli moments, we'd be talking about him having four right now. Absolutely. Yep. A lot different. Right? Yeah. That's when the conversation changes. For sure, two seasons, he was the fastest guy and didn't bring it home. You could yep. maybe make a case for three, but two seasons, you know, he was the guy in Supercross. Disrespect to Dungy or yep. to Anderson yep. in 17 and 18, right? Mm -hmm. Like those guys deserved and earned those championships. But Tomac had them covered most weekends, right? Speaking of Triple Crowns, uh, Clinton, uh, we got more of those happening this year. And so Tomac's been pretty good in those, as we know, like overall, <laughs> like, like, not even individual triple crowns, and I won't use the word that I would like to call these things, but we need another name for them, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, but but, what's his individual count at? He it's uh, you know just looking at this number, it's crazy. He's won six of the eleven triple crowns we've raced. Really, huh. he's got six wins. Cooper Webb's got two, and then Anderson, Roxanne, and Muskin each have one apiece. What does he have for individual? So, we... uh, bear with me one second. Yeah. I can get that. He so we we've had uh, eleven triple crown races, and so that's thirty three individual sprints, mains, gangbangs. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't help it. But what uh, where are we at with with him on that? <laughs> you can never help yourself on that. I can't. One. I can't. Yeah, <clears throat> Eli on the uh, the six overall wins. He's got ten of the individual race wins. Okay, so he's went 30% of the time. He's yep. taking home the 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 win. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's just done, which is weird. Like I just I always think of him as a little bit of a slow starter. Yep. He, yep. Historically, I say that and I, you know, he's really not that bad. We just like anything when you're a superstar like Tomac is, you get a higher scrutiny and so you get picked anything, apart, yeah. Top 5. Yeah. yeah. If we wanted to talk about somebody that doesn't get good starts, we'd be talking about Ferrandis all day. Right. Uh, right. But <clears throat> anyhow. Um, interesting. Yeah. So we, again, look for triple crowns, look for Eli to be a, uh, another strong rider in those. Um, Roxon, Ken Roxon, he is uh, back on Suzuki. Uh, interesting stat you've pulled 17 uh, wins out of 50 on a Suzuki. And this is, this is indoors and out. And 18 on 121 on a Honda. He's more successful on Suzuki, everybody. <clears throat> now, obviously, uh, there's a massive injury in there to account for and all of that. But funny, though, I didn't think it'd be that high. I didn't think it'd be that close. I really didn't. Yeah. I, if you had just asked me, you know, hey, what do you think? I would have been like, yeah, <clears throat> 10 wins on Suzuki and, and, you know, 20 on Honda or something. You know, but they're, they're neck and neck. Yeah, I mean, it's really – I. You know, I've I've heard a few critiques of the comparison, right? Like, we're looking at seven-year-old stats, and it's like, well, that's the point of stats. Yes, yes, yeah. And it's like that; it gives us a baseline to compare to. Um, and then you talk about the injury, and <clears throat> I need to go back and run the numbers, like give a, a grace period for the injury. But the reality is, he won thirty-four, thirty-five percent of his time on on the yellow bike, and he only won. 17 18 percent on on honda mm -hmm. so i don't know it's it's really fascinating um steve the thing that i have for a question which i think will be interesting if roxon comes out and wins on the suzuki that doesn't that that doesn't look good for the new bikes uh, i disagree i disagree i think it i think it, it's fine like it's got a kickstart but what else doesn't it have? It's got EFI. It's got, you know, comparable horsepower, which horsepower isn't what wins races anyways. It's got a proven program. You put some transmission gears in it that you want. Um, you get the weight down on it. You know, teams can all get the weight down on it. Outside of the Austrian bikes, none of these bikes are on the weight limit. Um, no, I don't think so, Clinton. I don't think it speaks yeah. about the new bikes at all. I think that they can get it right there you know and I, what and what we love about our sport you and i of course is that machinery isn't everything you don't it's not f1 it's not moto gp right so yeah, so i, much I think the bike is good enough to win on i think he does win on it a championship no you know he's, he's probably fifth favorite in, in my eyes on, on the championship on that bike um but i think he can win races for sure yeah absolutely yeah and, and i don't i don't think it's a bad look he's such a great rider 
Um, oh, but you know, his, his 2016 season on that bike was, I mean, I don't think people really, uh, maybe it's just revisionist history and in, in how I'm remembering it, but 2016 in the pro motocross series, he won 20 of 24 motos. No, he took a guy, Ryan Dungey, who's an all timer and just worked him. Yeah. You know, it just worked him. And Dunge was maybe not in prime of his career, but real close to the prime. Um, Still, you know what yeah. I mean? He was in Ryan would only race one more year, but that was, you know, exaggerated by that neck injury. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I think one more year of outdoors, but yeah, I think, yeah. um, I think that I agree with you in that Dungey, you know, and I think again, another pod for another time, Dungey's up there and wins in championships, but RV beat him whenever the RV finished a season. And then you look at what Roxon did that year. And I think it takes some of the shine off an amazing career for Ryan Dungey. But another pod, another time. Yeah, you know, yeah, but, that's definitely. If you want to, another pod, another time. That's also like the the RV stats and how how comparable they are. You know, we were talking about Tomac. It's mm-hmm. fascinating to think of his because of how short of a career he had. But yep, and, yep, yep. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Kenny can do. He uh, right now he is the winningest 450 Supercross rider without a title. He passed Wyndham and Bradshaw. So. That's it. Ken Roxon's got that title now, Clinton. Oh man, I, how cool would it be though if if Roxon came out and win that title? And I'm not saying he's going to. Yeah, they, you know there'd be plenty that would go crazy me saying that. But imagine if he did. Oh, it'd be like, cool. Yeah, they would. It'd be a, a pretty incredible story. Can't can't see that <laughs> happening, but it would be an amazing story. That's for sure. And and you know, hey, don't don't totally count him out, right? Um, yep. Uh, so Sexton is uh, lining up, and you've got an interesting uh, stat for him, Clinton. Uh, he's my championship favorite. I think he puts it all together. The third year is a big one for the maturation of guys. Uh, so I think he gets it done. But yeah, you've got some interesting stats. Yeah, and this is this this is one of those ones where your point about third year is really important. Um, does he does he build the maturity to eliminate the mistakes in his third year? And if you look at his first two, he's raced 27 races, and in 13 of them, he's lost positions. That's six in his in his rookie year, and seven last year. Um, you, you look at last year's; he had three leads for which he threw away: Minnesota, uh, Atlanta, and Denver. And so those mistakes ended up being really, really costly. The best way I summarize it is in those seven races, he lost 40 positions. If you think about a position as two points a pop, give or take, one to two points Mm -hmm. a pop, like, there you go. That's the championship gap that he was looking at. So, I don't know. The question that I have around Sexton, um, you know, many obviously believe he's a clear favorite or one of the favorites right there with Tomac. The question is, does he he clean up those mistakes this year? Well, and for people... Okay, so he lost positions. That could be a pass, a crash, a stall, and it doesn't necessarily mean a crash. He just lost positions. And for people who maybe don't understand, like, and I, I've seen your website and I've seen your, your reports after every week and, and you allow me to, to go on there. When you are like Tomac, what did he lose? Uh, did he have one race where he lost a position at the end of the day, one outdoor race? <coughs> Was it even one? Like, So my point being, when yeah. you're the elite of the elite, None of these guys lose positions, so 13 of 27 is a lot for an elite rider. Yeah, so like here's here's some comparative points. You look at last year, right? Um, Sexton had seven races where he lost 40 positions. Mm-hmm. Tomac, who won the championship, had two races where he lost a total of eight positions. Right, yep. Now, so. if you look at that, if you look at it, the, the big chunk of it was Foxborough, where he was – I think in first or second, and it was the first race where he had the knee injury, and I think he lost five positions there. So the reality is, like Tomac, yep. for the first 13 rounds of the year, didn't lose a single position. Like he just didn't make the mistakes. And if he did make the mistake, he recovered mm-hmm. and covered that, right? Um, and the champion, the, if you look back at the last five years, the champion makes has no more than two races with a lost position from the first lap to the last lap of the race, and it's and it's just clear as day. Yeah, yeah, that that's how you win. That's what happens when you win is you just never lose positions. <laughs> you just don't. Yep. Um, and so yeah, crazy to think of uh, 
40 spots, you said, for Sexton? Was it 40? What'd you yeah, say? 40. yeah, 40. 40 positions. I mean, it's just it's all you need to know, right? Um, yeah. So, you know, I think he fixes that. I, I do. <clears throat> uh, we'll see. But, um, you know, he's just got to calm down. And, and the old adage about you can – you can't win the championship the first race, but you can lose it. That 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 he needs to remember that because it is true. Yeah, uh, so. <laughs> especially given last year's first race, right? That's what I mean. Yeah, no, absolutely. Sets the fastest lap, two two crashes. Mm-hmm. Um, like he was clearly the front runner at A one last year. So, mm-hmm. yep. Hopefully, hopefully he can do the same thing, but but eliminate those mistakes. Uh, I want to thank the folks at uh, motorsport.com, of course. Go through the banner on pulpamex.com or pulpamexshow.com. <clears throat> Click takes you through to motorsport. Place an order, uh, and it helps us out. Great prices, OEM and aftermarket parts, uh, whether it's uh, the Cherubee stuff or, or you know, uh, or Fly Racing or X-Brand goggles, whatever it is, the Renthal, they have it for you over there, and a great return policy to free shipping on anything over 79 bucks. Motorsport.com up there in Clinton's hometown, Pacific Northwest area, home area, I should say. Uh, thanks to the guys at Motorsport.com. And Koba Links as well, K-O-U-B-A Links.com. Use the code PULPAMX to save with those guys. Get free shipping as well. A lowering suspension link on everything from Aprilia to Yamaha. If you're shorter of stature, uh, your wife or girlfriend rides and want to feel more comfy on the bike, you want to get better uh, suspension action, try on a Koba Links. Again, lowering suspension link. And uh, have more confidence riding the bike and have more fun riding the bike as well. So thanks to those guys, Renthal and Maxis on board as well. All right, here's a... Here's a stat I can't quite get behind, Clinton, that you sent over that we were rapping about. Uh, Jet Lawrence, he is uh, the heavy <laughs> favorite to win the uh, the 250 West title. He's seventh all-time indoors and out uh, with 21 wins right now. Uh, if he gets a fourth championship, he ties Stu RCRV with only riders with four in the small bike class. Seventh all-time. He's going to rack up a bunch of wins this year, so he's probably – where is he going to – is he going to be top three? Do you have it in front of you? Do you is he going to be top three if he gets ten wins, let's say? Because, you know, you look at you look at yeah. four or five Supercross wins are pretty attainable, <clears throat> and then six outdoor wins, you give him ten, twelve wins on the year, if not more. That probably puts him top three, right? Yeah, so he basically the, – the way I think about it, he sits today, combined Supercross, Motocross wins, he sits seventh all-time with 21 wins. If he wins the same amount of races as he did last year, he'll finish the season, I believe, third all-time behind Stu and Carmichael. <clears throat> That's incredible, right? Like, just um, – because I believe he had – yeah, I think that's – yeah, he'll end up uh, right there behind those two guys. Like, ponder that. Stu, Stu and Carmichael, obviously, they're 125, 250 careers. Their small bike careers were incredible. Villapoto follows just behind there. But Jet's on that pace. like, And I, I, I did some stuff recently where showing just comparing Jet, 50, who's 59 races into his career, I did some stuff to compare him to um, some of these guys. And a lot of people had, you know, not surprisingly, you get some pretty strong reactions. But the reality is he's on, he's on pace. He is riding at the same level, at least from the stats perspective, that some of the all-time greats were. Um, here's one I love to play out. Um if he wins the Supercross season, he'll tie with four championships. If for some reason, and I think Lars hinted at this as a possibility, if he ended up riding the 250 outdoors this year and won that championship like he did last year, he'd be the only rider in the history of the sport to have five 250 championships. That's where you lose me because th- that's an accounting stat. Look, Bradshaw, Kudrowski, Stu, Carmichael, they wanted to get in and get out of that class. That wasn't, you know, it wasn't, yeah. that wasn't a, a spot to park yourself. <clears throat> I hope to God he doesn't ride 250 outdoors again uh, this year. Uh, but there is a chance, like you said, there's a chance he does. Um, you know, he, he's on year four full-time. Raced a little bit in 19, right, uh, outdoors. And then this is his fourth season. So, He's in, he's comparable because he's only he's only going to race one season more than Stu and Carmichael, but they're going to have more wins in one season less. So he's on track, and he's going to be close. But I'm not there, Clinton, because he should have been out of this class, like like those other guys. Now, if he doesn't want to be, no problem. You know, count it count it all you want. But like Jeffrey Hurling's MX2 wins, I got one eyebrow raised a little bit. You know. 
Yeah. Well, it's obviously, I think the best shining example of a guy that moved up is Chad Reed, right? He did one, <clears throat> one season on the small bike and then mm-hmm. moved up because he knew that, you know, all the glory, all the, the reality is everybody's well, there. He was older. I don't compare him to Jet that way. Jet's pretty yeah, young. So I don't, enough. I don't, I don't totally, uh, uh, but again, three years and out for those other guys, right? And, and then they got it. Was Stu even two? Was Stu two? Uh, no, Stu's three. got 50. Yeah, yeah, I think he had three. Yeah, uh, yeah. he had 53 total starts. So you know, and I'll, and I'll give you an example of a couple guys that are right up there, and I saw your list last summer when I was looking through things. You know, Lampson and Martin, right? J. Martin Lampson. Yeah. Right up yeah. there. I'm not, <clears throat> and no offense to those guys, but I'm not putting them on any sort of greats list, you know? I'm not not ready to put them there. J. Mark could have <laughs> made it uh, and still can, but a lot, lot of time missed the injury. Um, not dominant in Supercross. So, I don't know. That's more of an accounting stat. I know Feld is probably making you say these things about Jet. <laughs> I know that you probably get sh- a little sh- electroshock if you don't <laughs> acknowledge Jet. And he is a you know he's a great star of our sport, and they should market him. And 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 I'm I'm, I'm joking, obviously. You know that. No, but know. but but it's, I'm but, not. You know, you know, boys the drunken and in Roto, they all give me a hard time now for being a, a corporate shill to Feld. But right. no, they yep. don't. They yeah. don't at all. I'm just putting the stats out there because I love the bench racing. No, I do. I do too. And I'm <clears> not. But I'm just not there. Like when you tell me that he's gonna be the only rider with four in the small bike or only, with five in the small bike class, and he's gonna tie those guys with four. Ah, eh, yeah. I mean, good, awesome, right? But. There's a whole other thing to get done here, uh, in yeah. my in my mind. And so when you're, you know, if he's, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, he's on his way, right? And he's, we and yeah. we saw him in motocross the nations. He looks like he's going to be fine on a 450. So yeah, you know. I think it's just the the key piece. Obviously, is <clears throat> he's ready for that big bike. Yeah. He's gonna. It's gonna be awesome to watch. Like, what a dynamic change um, when you think about him lining up at A1 next year. <clears throat> and it's him versus you know yep. which one of the the thirty plus guys is going to stick around and chase and mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep. dream state still got since since Rulo up there. I mean, this yeah, it'll be it'll be great to see him up there. Forkner's staying down another year at least the indoors. He could go to four fifty outdoors. Uh, he's got twelve wins, fourth all time indoors. Yeah, yep. isn't that crazy? Yep. Yeah, I. I'm interested to see what happens in the 250 West this year. I like obviously Jet is is the favorite, having won the East last year and done so in relatively dominating fashion. But if you look back six years ago, Forkner was the equivalent of what Jet is, right? I don't like uh, not. A, I don't think he's as good, but yes, close on the level, on the level. Yeah, right. Like I mean, he. He had what was it the uh, <clears throat> the East Coast of the year that Sexton ended yeah. up? I think it was oh, yeah. 2019. No, was... I mean, he had a 26 point lead with two rounds to go or mm-hmm. three rounds to go. Mm-hmm. He had that championship wrapped up. Uh, the next year, he was the clear favorite in, in first or second in the standings, and then got hurt again. I mean, it's just it's been injury after injury. So I just look at it and I'm like, man, is is it possible for Forkner to actually? you know, come back from these injuries and regain that form and challenge Jet. Like, Yeah, he and he knows, by the way, I, I did an interview with him last year, and I said, hey, do you know that you're the all-time, with this win this year, I'm like, you're the all-time winner without a championship? He's like, oh, yeah, I know. I know, I've seen it. <laughs> because he is. He's the highest-placing 250 Supercross guy without <laughs> a championship um, out of all those guys. So uh, I, I would also, I'm throwing this on you at the last minute, but, you know, that win last year he got, was his first win in two years, I think, indoors. And because because the class is a, a graduation class per se, I, I wonder how many other guys went two years indoors between wins, right? Like because generally people are out of that class uh, as quick as they can or, or so somewhat quicker. So uh, that's got to be some sort of record too. I better it's right up there, I would think, right? Two years in the 250 Supercross class between wins. So. Yeah, because yeah. it does. I mean, the reality is people only really are there three or four years. Mm-hmm. I'm going through and just kind of taking the eyeball test here. And <clears throat> I bet you, yeah, there's no question he is, you know, when you look at the top 25 all time, um, he's probably the only one in the top 25. Maybe there's somebody else lower down that had a bigger gap. And sometimes you can get that with, mm-hmm. uh, but I would, I'd need a little bit more time to go. Yeah. Yeah. That one. yeah. It's not yeah, a, yeah. not a huge thing, but I, I definitely yeah. would think that. Um, 
should be interesting to see. Another thing that to me is interesting for this season is, you know, we have Craig moving up and and Nichols moved up, and we have some veterans. Guys like J. Mart need to rebuild themselves. RJ, I think, will just continue to be RJ. It, it will be interesting. Jets, the Jets got all the eyeballs on them. Hunter's getting out of there. We're looking for a breakout from somebody, and I think it's in there with Robertson on the star by Kitchen. Uh, I can't wrap my head around Thrasher yet being that guy. His vault is insane. Uh, Hammaker, I'm a big Hammaker guy. I think he's he's quietly does the work and works pretty hard from everybody I've talked to. Um, there's going to be, and we just don't know who it is, Clinton, but there's going to be a kid who grabs his first <clears throat> win or two either coast and really gets some momentum here. There's a bunch of candidates though, right? Yeah. I mean, you hit on a, a huge portion of them. <clears throat> I'd add one more to the list, mm. which is Pierce Brown. Okay. Uh, and you know, you look at all of, I don't, I don't know if this is just my qualitative view of it, but a lot of these young guys are getting hurt earlier in their career, right? Getting an injury. And I think that just has, you know, you look at Boland and, He's a prime example where, you know, last year, first turn in Minneapolis, and he's he's hurt. And then he doesn't qualify for St. Louis and Atlanta. Um, and, like, that doesn't do great. That's not great for confidence. So, I don't know. I look at it. I'm with you on Hammerker. I'm pretty sold on Hammerker. He had three podiums before he was, you know, he went down with an injury last year. Um, but for me, the one that I'm kind of watching with a keen eye is Pierce Brown. Um, last year was kind of, it was his first year without an injury. He had led two mains, St. Louis, Foxborough, right? Um, that Foxborough race, I mean, the crowd was in. He led the first 14 laps, and then, of course, Forkner and, and Jet caught him and, and got him in the last two laps, unfortunately. Um, it would have been great to see him get that first win. But I don't know. It seems like he's got some good momentum um, and has the potential. The only downside for him is he's on the West Coast, and he's going to have to face Jet, and he's going to have to face Forkner. Um, he's going to face RJ. He's going to have some pretty stiff competition. So I don't know. It is fascinating to think about who's going to be that breakout, like the younger guy that's going to come up and like solidify as a regular contender every week. Yeah, I'm kind of your Pierce Brown is my <clears throat> Max Voland. Uh, I like Talon. I'm, I'm so I'm maybe biased here. Terrible season last year. I mean, okay, so like he didn't make two mains that he was there. Now one of them was the Atlanta race. It was muddy qualifiers were shortened right it was a real mess up but you can't not make mains you can suck in the mains but you can't not make them and that's what happened to max last year but outdoors was really steady for him i think he got fifth overall outdoors um i believe in max last year at ktm last year was contract at ktm i'll lean towards max over pierce but yeah t- you know take your pick i think one of those dudes will break out you know and we just got to figure out which guy it is um the star team's going through a little bit of a change over here, right? Um, you look at their numbers: Thrasher, Kitchen, oh. Romano, uh, Styles, uh, Jordan Smith. Jordan, I I I like Jordan. He's a nice guy. He has been nothing but hurt and crashes. It's insane. I was asking one of his friends last year. I'm like, he's too old to be doing what he does and they're like yes he knows that and i'm like okay does he like does everybody know this he's too old to be making the mistakes he makes having good equipment and maturity in the 250 class generally is a is a recipe for success he doesn't have the maturity on the bike for some reason so i'm not a huge jordan smith breakout guy over there but kitchen kitchen yeah Romano, uh, Thrasher is like I mentioned earlier, up and down. This is a big year for Star, and I don't. I need to pick a guy, Styles or Kitchen. I think one of those two makes some noise, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I. <clears throat> it's interesting. I I bucketed into for for the Star team. I bucketed into three three groups. You got Jordan Smith in in one by himself, where he's the veteran, eight years into his into his career. He's got three wins, fourteen podiums. You know, he's a J Mart, he's a uh, RJ guy. He's been around for a while, and you want to see. <clears throat> this is obviously a critical year. This is his third factory team. Um, 
he needs to make it happen right now. It's kind of a, a critical season, right? So it'll be interesting to see if he can stay healthy and if that blue bike, uh, like it's done for so many others, is a, uh, you know, does he pull a Christian Craig um, and get a title this year? Who knows? Then you got the next two, which is Thrasher and Robertson. They're both two years into their careers. Uh, Thrasher's got three wins. Robertson has gotten two podiums, both at, at Daytona. So clearly shows he's maybe a little bit more on the outdoors. But both of those guys, you kind of want to see them take another step. They've had moments of glory. Thrasher won Salt Lake City East West Coast Showdown. I know, year. and he and dude, he was amazing. It's a phenomenal race. He beat Hunter straight up. I mean, Jet yep. and Christian, Jet wasn't in the race, and Christian was obviously managing and, for the title. Well, but Hunter had every reason to go for it. Yeah? Yeah. So, I don't know. I think those two guys, you want to see regular, consistent podiums. At a minimum, they have to be top five every single week, right? And that neither of them have demonstrated that 100% of the time. So, I think both of those guys you want to see. And then the complete variables are Kitchen and Romano. Kitchen, in his rookie year, only only had one mm. <clears throat> one race. And then he got hurt. Out yep. In, yep. And in Romano, he's a he's a pure rookie, which is awesome to see. I, you know, as a he's New York, so he's not New England. But I'm going to put him in my New England bucket. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm looking forward to to seeing what he does as a pure rookie. Um, um, obviously, I'm I'm guessing East Coast, maybe not, but I'm guessing East Coast. But anyhow, those three buckets, I it's really fascinating. Steve, I'm going to give you one other interesting stat that I'm still working on some details. So my off-season work, I, I'm putting together the history of all the teams and the stats for every one of the teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got a little bit more work to finish it all up. But in the last 10 years, the Pro Circuit team and the Star Racing team both have 47 wins. Mm. Okay. Interesting. <clears throat> so a little, yeah. yeah, and interesting to see and think about because in, in total – the pro circuit team is, you know, almost 200 wins. It's obscene. Like they are obviously the, the historical behemoth, but in the last 10 years, that star team has caught up and really put a run towards the dominance of the pro circuit team. So I think it's interesting to to see are any of these five guys that are, you know, with the exception of Jordan Smith, relatively unproven, can they actually step up? And yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Should be, yeah. These this one is an interesting story to follow. It is, and it'd be interesting to watch. It was, we we spoke about Jmart earlier on a club team. I I'm not putting a whole lot of stock into him indoors. We'll see what he could do. He's riding east. Uh, I think Jmart will Jmart, but outdoors uh, with Jet gone, and with if he's healthy and he's ready to go, I think the team knows what he's doing. Uh, they know what they're doing. I hope they fix some issues they've had. And yeah, I think um, I think J Mark could get another title outdoors. Uh, but anyways, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see about that. Um, yeah. So uh, if anybody's looking for some fascinating um, stats, go look at Nate Thrasher's vault because he's all over the map. It's incredible. When he's on, he's on, and he's won at Atlanta twice and. And then and then a shootout, and that's it. So yeah, and, and, and both of those, and remember both of those Atlanta ones. Memory serving me here. He won the LCQ. LCQ, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I Which just is, yeah, yeah. It's phenomenal. I like Styles. I think Styles could do something too. Um, you know, I think that bike is really good. We know that. That's an understatement. So, be interesting to see what uh, what Styles can do with that team too. But you know, they put a lot of pressure on their kids. The the owner Bobby Reagan, Brad over there. They have certain ways of speaking to their riders, and for some people it works. For others, it mentally doesn't work, right? So um, I don't think necessarily putting anybody on a Star Yamaha is just like, oh, they're going to be this good because there's so much more than the package of the bike. There's also the the brain package, and sometimes that team can beat you down. Um, So we'll see uh, for all of that. Uh, And I think between Moseman and RJ and McAdoo, um, yeah, I think those Zebras aren't going to change their stripes. We're going to see some incredible speed, and then we're going to see some incredible mistakes with the vets. So, yeah. Um, I mean, RJ is an interesting one, right? Last year, getting his first Supercross win, it didn't translate to, to more wins last year, but you got to imagine that it helps the confidence entering this season. So, I don't know, maybe maybe he comes in. and mm-hmm. um, But, yeah, I mean, he's deep into his career now. So Yep, yeah. yep for sure. Uh, a couple more things before we go here on the uh, Fly Race and Race X podcast. Our guy Chiz, got a, you got a Chiz stat. <laughs> I do. 
he's 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 knocking on the door of top ten all time starts. That's great. Sitting, yeah, yeah, he's sitting twelfth all time right now mm-hmm. with one hundred and forty three starts. He's four behind Tomac. Yeah, and you got to assume uh, Chiz is going to Chiz, and he's going to make a, a good chunk of main events this year. Um, and he'll break in, and he's definitely he's got the potential to be tenth. Yeah. Uh, Tenth all time before the end of the year, he can pass Millsaps and and pass Wardy uh, or tie Wardy, um, which would put him at tenth. So yeah, um, be fascinating to see. That's awesome. Yeah, that'd be really really cool to see that. I think for a rider, you know, if you're not going to be an all time great, you're not going to be on Mount Rushmore. Um, pretty cool to see yourself top ten all time stats or starts. You know, main events. Um, and these are main events. These aren't uh, night shows. You know, so uh, yeah, I think that that's all pretty cool for a guy like Chiz, right? Um, yeah. who, who's been written off a few times too. It's like, oh, he's hurt or he's got an injury or, you know what I mean? And and he just keeps on chizzing. And now yeah. Brayton's gone. Uh, great career. One one main event win. Uh, and as we said, fourth all time in, uh, or fifth all time in Supercross uh, uh, main events. Who's the next old guy, Clinton? Is it Chiz? Or, or who's the next old guy, elite guy? I know Anderson's turning 30, I think I read. Uh, Mookie's getting up there surprisingly Mookie's getting up there you don't think of him as that old but he is um yeah who who's who's our next elite old guy and who's who's just the oldest guy period is that Chiz the oldest guy so Chiz is Chiz is I believe the oldest he's coming into the season 35 years old yep um there's a handful of 30 plus so you got and I'm sure I'll miss one or two here, mm-hmm. but you got Muskin, Tomac, Barsha, Christian Craig, Mookie um, are all 30. You got Wilson, uh, Freddie Norin, um, I believe A Ray. Like there's a, it's a whole incredible depth of 30 plus year old talent <clears throat> that's going to line up for a gate this year. Um, the one that I think we all forget about is Marvin Muskin. He comes into the season. I think his birthday was literally yesterday or two days ago. Um, he comes into the season 33 years old. He's one of three riders to win a race in each of the last two years. Tomac, Roxon, and him have each won in 2020 and uh, excuse me, 2021 and 2022. Um, and he has a possibility if he keeps a streak going, he wins another race this year. He'll be either the second or third oldest rider in the history of the sport to win a main event. He's currently the fifth oldest. So I think we we overlook just mm-hmm. how good Muscan is. Um, but man, he's he's an old guy who's still got the talent and and yeah, he's still winning races. Really hard to win over thirty. <clears throat> this is this is factually correct uh, in our sport. It's been done more the last little while, but yes, really hard to win over 30 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Seven riders. Only seven riders in the history of the sport have won at 15 total main events. Yeah. Out of 724 main events that we've had, only 15 of them have been been by people 30 years or older. Yeah. Yep. um, But but yeah, yeah. Marv. So Marv can, if Marv pulls a win, which is totally doable, yeah, he got one last year. He's the fifth oldest, you said. Sorry. Yeah, he's yeah. currently the fifth oldest. Yeah, currently the fifth oldest. So he, if he gets another win, he might he'll move up from there, maybe. Uh, yep. So we got yep. we got Larocco, or we got Brayton, Chad, Brayton Larocco, Chad. Yeah, Brayton yeah. Larocco, Chad yeah. Dowdy, Moosecan. Oh, Dowdy. Yep. Yeah, I was thinking who the fourth guy is. Yeah. So yep. yeah, that's int- so we just talked about the kids, and now we're talking about the old guys. But Chiz is the going to be the oldest sort of main event guy 35. Yep. Yeah. Yep, 35. Yep. Um <clears throat> you know the one that I'll I'll put the plug on mostly and I'll you show my bias on who I think is going to or who maybe I I'm not supposed to have a, a a favorite but I Anderson turns 30 in February. Mhm. Yep. He's you know he he's knocking on that door. He's he's a dad now. Um, Got to think he he makes it 16th 30 plus. Year old, yep. right? yeah. I think I think he, uh, yeah, I think he becomes the uh, the sixth, the the eighth rider or the ninth rider because Tomac is also thirty plus entering and could be new. So yep. I don't know both of those guys, but but Anderson will be new in the in the middle of the season and um, you know not a lot of change in his program from year to year. Um, and man, what a what a season he had last year! If only he uh, would have stayed out of that uh, fray with. His good buddy Malcolm, yeah. um, 
in Daytona and in, in Arlington, maybe oh, maybe or, it would have. Or Kenny with the radiator thing. Um, the it's interesting. Like so, McGrath never won a race after he was twenty eight. It's famously a stat, right? And yeah. and Carmichael was gone by twenty seven. Dungeon and Villapoto had gone by twenty seven. We're kind of yep. we were doing this little like getting out of the thing early. And of course, back in the day, you know, I, I just read a cycle news where Bob Hanna was called ancient. He was twenty eight, right? Um, that, that's how it was back in the day. So, um, but anyway, so we're getting. We saw some younger people get out of it early, and now and now we're getting we're seeing the other uh, the pendulum has swung now where guys are like, <clears> shit, I'm thirty. Could still make a million dollars racing a dirt bike. Why, why am I hanging it up, right? Why not? Yeah. You know, we we say this right now, Steve. In in seven days, Sexton could just go on a run of wins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Right. Um, well, good stuff. We have anything else? I think I think that covers it. Okay. I love this stuff. I love uh, looking at where we're at and where we could be and. Just the debate about Tomac. I'll, I'll give people a hint of a future observations column is talking about Tomac and, and an all-timer. Because, uh, um, yeah, I'm not quite ready to go there yet, but maybe I need to be ready to go there, Clinton. It, so. it's, it's, you're seeing the mm-hmm. – if, if we take his word at face value, you're seeing his final season as somebody that in the record books we're going to see his name in the top five of pretty much every major category for the yep. rest of you know the next 50 years. So um, it's definitely – yeah, we need to enjoy it while he's out there riding. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, well, also another thing to bum me out too is Red Dog's getting knocked further down <laughs> career starts lists and all that. So yeah, I'm very upset about that. So I think he was 12th. Though Chiz was probably going to get by him and and all of that. So, um, well, cool, man. Uh, Fly Racing Race Rex Podcast. Thanks for this, Clinton. Good job, <clears throat> man. Our our sport owes you a debt of gratitude for sure for all this stuff that you've done. And uh, I know you're working on making your site maybe like a pay pay subscription model i don't know because you do need to make money for all your work uh we're we're, yeah hopefully that comes together for you so um you know guys like you and i can go on there and and pay a little bit of money and um you know peruse all these stats that you're you're i'm thankful that i'm lucky enough to see uh for the last couple of years It's, it's helped my work a lot um and i'm glad to always bounce things off of you and and i feel like we're we're on the same page that way so um yeah man thanks thanks for doing all this stuff yeah, much appreciated, Steve. Um, I'll always give you the credit for for the open the the open door in in taking a leap. So uh, there's plenty of others that that passed on that opportunity. So um, yeah, super appreciative. And yeah, some my God says sometime this year. Uh, we were talking before. I'm I'm only going to be doing one full time job this year, not two. So uh, <laughs> there's there's a site there's a site in 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 the works. I'm I'm working on it, but yep. it's. You know, you know how that goes. It's, oh, I it's, know. Yeah. Marks and I can talk about. You know, he's got the app, and I've got a. <laughs> um, he's going to be mad at me for that comment, but, um, but no, I'll love there. But um, yeah, I'll, <clears throat> we'll get something out there so everybody can just peruse through this stuff. But it just takes. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a one man show, and it takes a boatload of time and effort to. It does, yeah. Together, sure. not easy. No, nope, absolutely easy. not. Well, let's uh, look forward to these stats and more coming up uh, this Saturday. Anaheim Supercross, it all kicks off. Uh, Thanks for the time, Clinton. Appreciate it, man. Much appreciated, Steve. Thank you. This has been the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motorsport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. Thanks for listening and supporting our partners.